like Brent Laurie and I bet I could watch you spread your air out all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Hi everyone and welcome to Resting Pitch Face. This is episode 31. As always, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Um, or normal business, check us out on our website, restingpitchface.com. We've been bumping up some of the uh, articles written by my lovely co-hosts about some topical things, and those are all on our website if you want to check them out. Um, also on our website, links to our Twitter. That's the main place to get a hold of us, which is Rest in Pitch Face with no G. Um, you can email us. You can check out on our website also our Zazzle store. Also, I guess, friends of the podcast, shout out to Ursula from Flipping Bats and Winning Games, who came on with us last week, or last episode, technically. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, please check it out. If you had had a chance and enjoyed what you listened to, go please go check out her podcast, and she can be found at FBWG Podcast on Twitter. Oh my god, I got that right in one shot. <laughs> <laughs> Letters uh -oh. are tough. So we wanted to give the shout out to her, but also, you know, as a our show sort of shout out to her. We our first topic definitely involves her interests. Uh, <laughs> would anyone like to? <laughs> uh, we we all I believe you know we had a really good time recording with her and talking about the Mets and the the continuing dumpster fire of the Marlins. I think dumpster or garbage fire is now in like the Oxford English Dictionary. Dumpster uh, fire, and it's Merriam-Webster. Oh, Merriam-Webster, great. I'm glad they had came up with something to describe the Marlins. Um, <laughs> I assume that's why they did that. Um, but so one of the things uh, that like right after we got done recording that came across, I think, all of our Twitters was that uh, Noah Syndergaard decided to give an interview shirtless because wearing a shirt was too hot. I'm not saying the line that obviously follows from there, but I'm going to let somebody else say it. I don't know what line it obviously follows. <laughs> Some comment about whether or not Noah Syndergaard is hot, I'm assuming. I, I was going to say, the thing that's too hot is, or so, I don't know, come on. Why are you giving it to me? I don't find him attractive. <laughs> I shouldn't have to be the one to say it. All right, all right, fine. As, as the representative of those who find Noah Syndergaard somewhat unfortunately attractive, yes, it was hot, but it wouldn't have been hot if he'd put a shirt on. Or as hot, or whatever. I don't know. He was <laughs> kind of weird. His skin was kind of weird. Am I the one who thought that? That's that's what white people look like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just mostly like, huh, Noah Syndergaard, cool, cool. Neat that you've decided to do that. I'm glad you have both arms. <laughs> they seem to be down. attached. Was it actually for insurance purposes? You're like, see, they're on at the beginning of the season. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No. No swelling in the joints. Nothing weird. No just... visible screws or stitches. No. No, no. robot nothing. hands. Velcroed <laughs> on or stapled. I'm, I'm not ruling out robot hands because who knows what kind of skin re replacement technology there is. It's the Mets, so I'm gonna go with the staples. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. If like, the Mets had clips. <laughs> If the Mets had reasonable medical technology, we wouldn't be in this position with them in the first place. Seriously? Uh, yeah. I, uh, hmm. Oh, I don't want to rag on the Mets, cause, again, because they well, rag on do. themselves. I mean, I do. I do. We can rag on them later. I let's, have a timer. Let's wait until they actually have done something 
topical to rag on them about. I mean, we're going to have all season where this is going to happen. We're going to have later so, this podcast. We have a bit. That's true. <laughs> that's uh, true. But, you know, it, we'll come back to it rather. I don't want this to turn into the Mets uh, abuse podcast. No, no. And and shout out to Ursula for, for having one of the pictures she likes on the Mets, though perhaps not the one she likes the most, do a shirtless interview. Mm-hmm. Has Gio Gonzalez ever given us that? He has not given us shirtless interviews, more to my sadness, but there he has taken Instagram pics of himself dancing at clubs shirtless. So I think Where I'd... the hell was I? What? This was, this was like a long time ago. Okay, this, this was, was like, like two kids ago. Yeah, oh yeah. This was this was like in 2012 or 2013. Oh, um, I don't think I had Instagram yet. Yeah, it was it was Uncomfortable. I mean, uncomfortable, but in like a good way. Huh. <laughs> well, so um. Ursula was saying about the Nats, you know, I shouldn't get mad because it wasn't Max or whatever. But quite frankly, with all of my love to Max and Gio, and I said this on Twitter, but I'll say it again. If I had to pick one Nat to do a shirtless interview, it would be Tony. Let's be real. He's done sort of shirtless interviews. Just usually the cameras clip him from like, the top of his pecs up so you can't see anything. That's why we know he has the giant tattoo on his yeah. chest. Um, uh, though he also has a sleeve allergy, but like a tights enthusiasm. And I don't understand that <laughs> because I'm like, you're wearing like tights, uh, like athletic tights under your shorts, but you have cut the sleeves off of every shirt that you own. That's I mean, not, like on average, it's a normal set of clothing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I hate to be like practical about it, but the the tight the tight leggings is probably so that he doesn't like scuff up his legs when he slides. Oh no, I mean, yeah, and and <laughs> probably keeps you know it keeps you warm so that you don't pull anything. Right, as opposed to your arms, where you just can be like, check it out, which way is the beach? Hey, you can pull <laughs> you can pull a lot of things in the arms. All right, I'm just saying, I just suffered through like a huge amount of learning about pieces of the arm and how they fit together there is a lot more crap in there than you think there is and tony should wear some sleeves is it not two rubber bands and a toothpick maybe if you're a met (laughs) i don't think he needs to wear sleeves like in the dugout in florida or not in the dug in the clubhouse in florida it's not like freezing cold while he's getting dressed i hope not I don't know. My point is, if your thing about leggings is for, like, practical non-pulling things reasons, the same thing applies to arms. I still think it's so that you don't get road rash on your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, if that's what it's really about, then I will concede that. I I was going to say, most of them do wear sliding shorts Mm -hmm. when when they're actually sliding. So, yeah, that's a a thing. Um, You know, I I hadn't really... given a thought to only one national giving a shortlist interview. Um, I think the national most likely to give a shortlist interview is different from the national who I would want to give a shortlist interview. All right. Well, give us both of those in your opinion. I would say like geo circa 20, like 2012. Um, Oh, by the way, did you see the thing about they now have a karaoke machine? Yes. Geo brought a boombox to the microphone. Yeah. 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 They're like, we gave it. <laughs> what, what did Chelsea Jane say? Some brave soul gave it to Defo. Yes, <laughs> this is gonna be amazing. Um, film, it, film it for all of us, please, God. Anyway, sorry. Was was Geo for um 
what you would want or what you th who you think was most likely? I, I think, like, now... I mean, like, maybe back then both, but, like, now... I'm trying to think of anyone else who, who would really be most likely to. I think a lot of them would probably be likely to, and I... I don't mean this in an exhibitionist way. I mean that they are just kind of used to regular nudity and would probably do it without thinking about it. You know who would not because he wants to have three days to prepare is Bryce. Yes, because he has to eat his potatoes. He has to eat <laughs> potatoes and like get waxed and like do a whole bunch of stuff. So like, even though he's definitely the one who's just like, look at me all the time. Mm hmm. He would only do a shirtless interview if, like, he could control the lighting situation. Yeah, he'd have to a dirt smudger. <laughs> primp first, primp and prepare. It would not be an off-the-cuff thing. But I do think, yeah, probably currently most likely to give a shirtless interview with a team of makeup artists is Bryce. Because mm -hmm. he, I mean, he has. <laughs> um, did you see a lesbian's guide to baseball butts? Yes, to the I Chicago Cubs butts. It's pretty amazing. Not going to lie. We are going to have to link that at some point. I need to see it. We can definitely link to it. Um, I, I actually really agree with their rankings. I was like, this is a ranking system I can I can get behind. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got who was number one? Um, whoa, whoa, uh, Bias. Okay. Okay. Oh, was this, it was just Cubs? Yeah, it was just Cubs. Yeah. Okay. I, can I don't like Anthony works. Rizzo, and he's not my type, but if we're ranking just butts, he's definitely top three. It was like, he was like fourth. Yeah, he like, was in there. I thought he should have been Austin Contreras, and I'm like, no, that's a that's a solid choice. And then Ian Happ, and I was like, really? Who? Yeah, I assume it's like, oh, well, his F-war, his butts F-war is really good. <laughs> 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 like Anthony Rendon, like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's really good by the numbers. Who? <laughs> so, not to prematurely cut off the butt conversation. <laughs> well, we can go no, on this fine. for a long We can time. move, we can but move on. Would you like to know who would highly disapprove of this line of talk? Who? Oh, <laughs> potentially the royals, because they think that everybody should keep their clothes on and not expose <laughs> the shapes of their posteriors to the public. What Laura is referencing for people like me who apparently missed this announcement, the Royals are anti-pornography now, but not for the reasons that would make sense. Or not for the reasons that we would endorse. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's like, oh, okay, you're anti-porn because it can be an exploitative, wor like poor working conditions, danger to the actors. Yes. Okay. I understand. Uh, oh, you, you think it will lead you down a path of sin. Okay. Yeah. Cool. There was some, like, really, really half-assed comment about, like, porn leads you to domestic violence, question mark, from one of their head honchos. And I'm like, you have never cared about domestic violence before yeah. now. There are certain ways you can make certain arguments in about that oh no i'm not but I'm, i don't degradation yeah, no, no good cultural, here you know the, they're, yeah. like yeah there's certainly they're <laughs> not entirely unrelated concepts in the way that porn works in our society but right. that first of all he like couldn't get the phrase domestic violence out properly and like used three different versions of it before he could come up with one that was a like, salient <laughs> 
phrase. So I guess we yeah. haven't been talking about that much recently, buddy. Yeah, so not really, yeah. <laughs> I don't trust them on that one. Um, so it's it's literally just down a path of sin. Because yeah. there's one thing that we know, 18-year-old, well, I guess none of them are really 18, but like 20-year, 20, 20, in their 20s, professional athletes need is somebody to help them find a way to sin. <laughs> <laughs> have you met, a tw- I, I want to just ask them, have you met a 20-year-old man before? Also, just like, to be frank, like, <laughs> one, I'm like... If you're going to talk about leading them down a path of sin, like maybe we should talk about some larger sins, like <laughs> actual domestic violence Fair point. Um, and things like that. And two, I'm like, this is a bunch of 20 year old dudes who travel all the time. Like, okay. Like really, are you going to regulate what they're going to do in their, in their fairly grueling day to day lives? That's a good point. How exactly are they planning on enforcing this? Are they going to like put V chips on their TV? And I know I just aged my like dated myself what, with that reference. A, what what is a V chip? <laughs> I don't know that phrase. A V chip is something that was from uh what the late nineties, early nineties that you could have installed on your television set so your kids you could program it so your kids couldn't see bad things on the TV because it would lead them to sin. You, you know um, how it says TV like MA, Laura? I guess we didn't have cable, so there was not much that I could get into. Um, Network programming has this stuff too, though. Yeah, but like you, you can see like now on TV, it'll have like TVMA due to like violence, sex, and whatever. You could filter out based on those things and be like, kids can't watch TVMA or whatever. I um, think you can do that. Only it's digital now. Yeah, I mean, you certainly can, and you there are parental controls on the t- on your mm-hmm. TV. The issue was like because this was. I don't know, early to mid nineties, all the kids knew how to work this and all their parents were like, Hey kid, come show me how to set this thing up. <laughs> like the rotary phone yeah. was really like in its last like gasps at this point. Yeah. But anyway, how are they now that we've taken a long walk <laughs> down a ancient technology uh, road, how exactly do they plan to enforce something? Like this, are they going to collect everybody's phone at the end of the day? I don't know that it's really a policy for what it's worth. I think it's like they're doing, you know how like they're supposed to do seminars on how not to like treat other people like crap and like harass other people and like Mm -hmm. all those seminars that they're supposed to do that like nobody cares about. This is apparently what they actually care about. And they're just going to do seminars about like, don't watch porn kids. But I don't think there's any actual like surveillance or follow-up questionnaires or have you been watching porn any kind of thing like that like there's no enforcement i i mean the pictures from it like made everyone (laughs) maybe it was just a socket photo but they all look like super bored they're like look not just bored but skeptical there's this picture of a bunch of them in the front row all like leaning on their hands staring at whoever's talking with these looks on their faces like what are we here for again Did they have visual aids at least to get them like moderately interested in what's I going on? I don't know. I <laughs> sin, okay, sin. Sin. Yeah, no, they I'm looking at the picture now and it's it's a high degree of skepticism. It's it's like being at the office meeting and they're like, "We've decided to I don't know, 
I'm trying to think of some some equivalent office policy. Like we're going to replace all the post-its with proclamation paper. Actually, that'd be amazing. I'd be into it. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, they just, they look really skeptical and really like, like their time and efforts are being wasted. I would say they are. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm thinking that they're not going to go and sin no more. Clearly, clearly. Um, they have been protected by the light of no <laughs> Well, This is an industry where players have dated literal porn stars. What? Also, a fairly unionized industry that has had major drug problems um, that it produces a product viewed by millions. They have a lot in common, honestly. You're not wrong when you put it that way. Yeah. Like, like, you would be like, well... You know, I'm I'm covered by the CBA. They should have a better bargain, like collective bargaining agreement. <laughs> like, the, let's talk fair labor practices. Yeah, we have Are some stars unionized. Um, moderately, yeah. They're. Huh. I I don't think they're under SAG, but I think they are. They might be under SAG, but yeah. I mean, that's they do have like a fairly regulated industry, and and absolutely, it's exploitative, and absolutely, yeah. there's there's endemic issues in that industry. But at the same time, it is more regulated, and um, they can they have more collective action opportunities than other industries. For to be fair, certain aspects of it, there are parts that yeah. are wildly unregulated. Yes, because um, ultimately, yeah, <laughs> um, it doesn't take much to make porn. Um. Yeah, and, and that's the, the sort of issue of amateur, honestly, having a sort of shadow system of amateur workers who are vastly undercompensated and not protected by a system. Oh my God. Way, baseball is porn. Yeah, <laughs> we are, your physical prowess is the only thing about you that matters. Um, <laughs> like, we don't care if you're a terrible person as long as we can make money off of just playing you. Mm -hmm. PED use is both probably widely done and covered up. Mm-hmm. And wear condoms, kids. We got real <laughs> serious on this one. You know, this is one of those <laughs> things where it's just I'm like, I'm not opposed to like pornography as a concept, but like, right? I, as a as a former union member, like who who's still very passionate about unions, like we we need to what they need is a union, <laughs> a better union. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, maybe baseball can teach them about unions. Oh yeah, or more unions because I believe they are. Nice. Also, on the like not being sexist and exploitative thing, baseball model model for model. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, speaking of dumb stuff that they were doing during spring training, uh, the camels thing. <laughs> oh God, that's rough. speaking of of humps. <laughs> I. Uh, what is there to say? What is there even to say? Um, I hope the camels were well treated. Uh, I think that my favorite comment was from my husband, who goes, well, as long as they don't have to resort to gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel bad for the ground crew who had to clean up after the camels on the field. Which we know happened! Thank you, Michael Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> um, by I, the I, way, sorry, porn no, stars are, are union, uh, union. Good! Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Yes. Um, One thing that they've got going against their exploitative circumstances hopefully yeah, um, they have a unit of 10 million damn so cool. again bargain collectively ladies and and gentlemen and, and gentlemen well you know it's usually more exploitative of the ladies mm, 
really porn is not a good industry. Yeah. There. All right. We can talk about this not now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although for the first time, Sid's porn star jar is completely on topic. It's true. <laughs> so it only took us a year. Now. It only took us a long time. Um, but kudos. But yeah, um, the camels thing was stupid, and I'm glad that all the players were like, "So this is a thing that's happening." I... Yeah. Which, which one of also, you said he's trying to be Joe Madden? So one of the one of the guys riding the camel also put on like a vaguely Arab-inspired hat thing, and it oh, was no. pretty I not cool. I couldn't tell that in the uh, in the pictures. It was not a player. I did not recognize right. him. Here, I he guess was. the the one question I would have, and not that this in any way makes it better. I'm not trying to look for a way to make it better, but is it possible it was the camel's handler and that's part of the like routine that they do? Maybe. I that given that better. I didn't recognize him, I can't tell you that it was a nationals person. Well, um, so yeah. I think on a macro level, why are we spending team money on stupid stuff? Stop trying to be Joe Madden and just get Gio a boombox. <laughs> Like, Gio would bring his own boombox, so, like, the fact that they're like, we're gonna have this club be more fun, and I'm like, we've, we've, we're pretty fun. <laughs> buy I'm me not... a fifth starter, buy me oh, a kicker, leave that's what I would like. and the boomboxes, and all the shtick at home. I, like, I realize we're talking, lefty? what? Is the camel lefty. <laughs> Ooh, valid point. No, like, I realize we're talking pennies on the dollar here, but still, why are we paying for camels? When you could just buy me a pitcher. I'm just worried at this point that that fifth pitcher is going to be Jake Arrieta. But on the point is like, I don't even necessarily mind gimmick if it's gimmick that other people are actually like responsive to, which nobody was. You know, it's one thing if it's like everyone's like, yeah, this is fun. It, it's really making me happy. And in this one, it was just like, yep, there were some camels. Like, well, and I think if you're going to do a like, gimmick, use it right. Part of it is that he barely knows these guys. Yeah. Like, wait for your gimmicks until you know your audience, dude. Don't force it. Like, let it happen organically. And in the meantime, buy buy another pitcher. And, and a catcher. And somebody please. for Gio to hug when he has to have fewer mound visits. <laughs> I I could hug Gio. <laughs> I cost a lot less. <laughs> we just than a catcher. To sit in yes. the dugout and you can hug him in between innings. Yes. I volunteer as tribute. Designated huggler. 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 <laughs> what is Dan Ugla doing? And is he busy? The last no. I saw him, he was riding around on a hoverboard. So, no, he's probably definitely busy. not busy. <laughs> I feel like I feel like they could have just gotten them hoverboards and had the same effect and I would have probably been more amused i would have been more scared because people fall off those things all the time people fall off of camels too but they weren't riding the camels they were walking between the camels they people get kicked by camels you know that's true camels like baseball players do enjoy spitting as well <laughs> god if some, one of them comes down with some weird bacterial infection because of camel spit i swear to god isn't i think there's there's a respiratory um is it SARS that originally came from? No, there is a there is a respiratory illness that came originally from camels. Hang on. Oh God. Um, <laughs> there's a coronavirus. Yeah. That's what you're thinking of. Middle East respiratory yeah. syndrome coronavirus. MERS. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah, um, only. Awesome. Knocking okay, dromedaries only. Some dromedaries have two humps, and I can't tell, you know, visually if these were dromedaries or camels. Either way, I'm <laughs> knocking on wood because I just put that out in the universe, and I don't want it out in the universe because I was just trying to make a joke. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I know a lot. I know a lot about weird animals. Animal bacteria is It's a virus. I okay. Excuse me. A virus. I said bacteria. I didn't hear you say virus. So, anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah. We. I. I know a lot about zoonotic. I know some about them. I know three facts. <laughs> so, like our perennial favorite koalas have. You know what? That would have been a better seminar. Hey guys, did you know face chlamydia is a thing? <laughs> you can't get it, but we wanted you to know. <laughs> Just because no one has gotten it doesn't mean that they can't. Like, I believe that if, if anyone was going to get face chlamydia, it'd be like a 22-year-old rookie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can definitely get syphilis and gonorrhea of the pretty much anywhere. Yeah. So I can't help you with chlamydia, but if you want something that humans can get of the face, <laughs> syphilis, gonorrhea. This is the lecture that these kids need to be having, not the evils of porn and sin. They Infectious need to learn not control. to get things of the face. <laughs> and while we're at it, let's swab everybody for MRSA and just like try to be really careful with that, please. Because yeah. if the Mets are going to continue to Mets, then that's going to be what yeah. comes next. Who threw their team under the bus and was like, these dudes do not wash their hands? Granky. Granky? Was that and what then it? all of the Dodgers got the flu. <laughs> that's what happens, children, if you don't wash your hands. Also, that's probably the best case scenario for yeah. dudes who don't wash their hands, because that could have gotten real nasty real fast. Well, yeah. and and you guys, I know Sid know what knows what MRSA is, right? But in case any of our listeners are not familiar with this, it's a pretty scary bacteria that's resistant to a lot of stuff that we use to treat bacteria, and there is a lot of it in locker rooms. So you know, wash your hands, not just because Zach Ranky told you so. But also, also you could, just you, wash your hands, you because it's basic hygiene. And you could die. Also, and it's like, hygiene! How is your damn hands? Washing their hands. They're showering, like, five times a day. <laughs> I'm like, working... Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, like, if you're in the shower, the soap is there. Just wash your hands, guys. Yeah. Uh, real and men don't wash their hands, I guess. Pee, if you go pee, wash your hands. Just do it, Ben. <laughs> Just do it. Sorry. I, this is still something that needs to be explained to people. I don't even have anywhere to go with this. Wash your damn hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do we want to then get into team rankings based on, on speed? <laughs> um, speed of hand washing? <laughs> speed of feet. <laughs> speed of feet washing? <laughs> um. No, just just the regular kind. The, the running. Maybe We're it's gonna running try to from the flu. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, StatCast, and I wish I could see where these numbers came from, because I really want to see where the number came from. StatCast ranked a bunch of ML, well, all technically MLB teams based on um, sprint speed of the team collectively, and I'm not going to go into the, the math on it, because it's not that interesting to listen to. However... 
the Nationals were ranked number two fastest team in MLB, largely because of Trey Turner, but in no small part because of Adam Eaton and Michael A. Taylor. So, nice. And I guess Bryce Harper's just a little bit slower than that trio. So Trey Turner's speed is, his fastest sprint speed is 29.2 feet per second, which I'm considering, like, do we need to revise our graphic, our rankings for Trey Turner now? We may. Why is that not what the what the ostrich graphic had? We had it in miles per hour, oh. which I believe was sustained speed, not top sprint speed. And so I'm curious where he now ranks with top sprint speed. I'm sure he's still fat, slower than an ostrich, because I have a feeling an ostrich's an ostrich's sprint speed is probably fairly fast. Yeah, I've never wanted to anger an ostrich enough to find out. Yeah, that no. <laughs> no giant dinosaur don't come after me um yeah any bird that remembers it was it's a dinosaur is a problem yeah um it, i think I'm, I'm really happy i don't live anywhere near moas uh by the way 22 point 29.2 feet per second uh converts to 19.9 miles per hour oh that's actually slower than yeah. what we had yeah. So maybe our figures were bad, or maybe just with a year of difference, he slowed down? Well, maybe we were That's using possible. his top speed and not his average speed. This is but his top this, speed. Yeah, this is the top speed. This is Oh, how... I thought it was average. No, this is this is his sprint speed, so this would be fastest. Now, it's possible because those numbers that we used were from his, basically, rookie time, when he was young, dumb, and full of cum, and probably running Why harder than... <laughs> running faster and then maybe his then maybe his body could sustain and so he eased up on it a little bit and so he's a little slower now somebody better but, educate him on the dangers of pornography yeah you have to keep that, in the vital essence yeah that would, <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely help the uh full of part i okay Ugh. uh yeah but they have byron buxton his top speed is 30.2 feet per second by the way mean, byron buxton led the twins to the fastest speed oh as a, um, sorry but that's only 20.6 miles an hour so maybe whoever did this math originally was just way we never found out where we got the 23 miles an hour from right or 22 point whatever I think they just took the distance between the bases and divided, or and divided by time. Hmm. Hmm. So do, could rookie Trey Turner outrun current Buxton? I don't know that I trust that these measurements, having done in different ways, are really comparable. Oh, I was going to build a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to turn that down. I was just going to propose our, our favorite. Let's just, can they have a race, please? Also you know? that. I, like, please, can we just have races? I don't know why we don't have races. Um, fun is bad. That's why. Fun is bad. That's definitely MLB's, like, guiding principle. Slowest on the Nationals was Matt Wieters, coming as a surprise to absolutely everybody who's ever watched a <laughs> baseball game. <laughs> But he's actually comparatively not that slow, which is what I thought was funny. He runs at 25, he sprints at 25 feet per second. But how frequently do we think he sprints? Well, he must have done it at least once for them to get the number, or they're considering his his jog as a sprint, because it's the fastest he goes. I don't know. But some of these guys are, like, real slow. Like who? 
uh, Miguel Sano, 26.9 feet per second. Um, there's some people who are even worse than that. I'm, we were debating whether or not pitchers were included in these numbers. And it it's hard to tell because what I was reading didn't provide all the stats for all of the people in MLB. So I don't know if we're counting like Gio Gonzalez and Bartolo Colon and, and that kind of thing. But some of these people... Yeah, like some people are almost 27 sec- feet per second, which is compared compared to 29 feet per second is a noticeable change on the whole. Now I'm wondering what I am. Oh, I'm, I know. I'm like I'm zero feet per second. Yeah, you have to actually sprint in order to get a sprint speed. <laughs> Does uh, it count if I am carried around on a palaquin? <laughs> no. They get the they get the speed. But that I would be technically going that speed. <laughs> Do we get to adjust for leg length? Like that would, <laughs> well, your speed is still the same regardless of how many times your legs have to go around. Well, yeah, but it's a little bit unfair to compare like me to Jason Worth. That would be unfair for a different set of reasons, Laura. Like you're not a professional athlete for starters. I'm <laughs> under <laughs> five feet tall, also. But like, I mean, the, your speed is your speed regardless of like. It just means he has to move his legs less frequently to get to that speed. Which is probably why he can get to a faster speed, but there are short people who are very fast, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to I go to an example, everything. I'm and not one of those short people, but regardless, <laughs> I think I was fast when I was like eight. For did, you know, an eight-year-old. I did track in fifth grade. I have no idea who that person was. You had track in fifth grade? I, 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 was, I was on the competitive track team. No, like you grade. had a track team in fifth grade? Yeah. Mm. Weird time. I don't understand. Huh, we did not. <laughs> that was probably good. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I would have tried it. <laughs> it maybe I would be a baseball player now. <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> No, we were we are all the uh, bullpen carters of the of the uh, of the team. I think we're all the people who are like, yes, there's a cart to take me from one place to the other. So what you're saying is, now that they're bringing that back, my baseball dreams are not dashed. Well, I was just gonna say it would be much cooler if we use Sidney's idea of the palaquin. Yes, the bullpen <laughs> palaquin. It almost rhymes. Who would have to carry it is the question. Because I would not want to have to put that on, like, the grounds crew. That seems unfair. Well, I think probably what they would do is they would make the rookies do it instead of carrying pink backpacks. But then does that qualify as hazing? It's also an injury risk. Maybe. Go ahead, Sydney. Oh, no. I was going to say, yeah. The rookies, we can't haze the rookies and make them carry people around on a palaquin, no matter how much we want to. But they could do it. Ooh, this is how they could do it. They could make it one of those like fan experiences that you can buy. <laughs> I think that might be an injury risk when I immediately drop our entire bullpen. <laughs> like I put out my shoulder at my sister's wedding and we just had her up on a damn chair. <laughs> but like, I was also thinking, wouldn't it be hilarious if you had someone of Laura or my sta- or your stature, someone of our stature compared to someone of Jason Worth's stature at opposite ends of the <laughs> it could be fun it could be interesting it could be dangerous <laughs> you never know sign up today <laughs> only $500 for the ultimate fan experience <laughs> of breaking your own back <laughs> you have to have at least four people I feel like yeah because it's a lot of bullpen to carry 
<laughs> Sorry, it's the images in my head now. Yeah. So, so, so bullpen carts. So I guess they haven't been around in 22 years, according to Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm 24, so I don't really remember them. Um, so I was asking some questions on Twitter, some of which I did hear answers to. Apparently, they really can be shaped like anything. I don't remember them well enough, but I believe it. So what do we think if the Nats implement one that it will be shaped like? Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter post a photoshopped image of just Teddy's head. <laughs> <was open>. um, <laughs> so you ride in the mouth? Yeah, so you would ride, which seems A, cool, two, nightmares. <laughs> so <laughs> everything co- good in on earth is an intersection between cool and nightmare. <laughs> um, knowing, knowing the sponsorship people, it would probably just be a giant gecko with people riding inside of it. That would be kind of cool. Actually. I could I'd deal with that. With it, yeah. If it had articulated legs, I'd be very cool. Like they would just kind of <laughs> wobble from side to side as if the cart was walking, you know, it wouldn't actually have to do anything. You just have to get the impression of it. I kind of feel like they should take the motor out and make them do like the Flintstones. Together. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to injury risk. <laughs> oh, well, how about if they had to pedal? That's not an injury risk. No, I'm talking like feet just right on the ground. There no, I know go. you are. Uh, but like a swan boat, but with no boat. Yeah. Or a bicycle built for 14. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the bullpen on one of those like, <laughs> like the, really? the bikeable bars? Have you seen those? Yeah. And I'm like, that would lead to straight up murder. Um, (laughs) Well, they don't hear. I I mean, I call a two-person kayak a divorce boat. So, like, (laughs) there's there's certain things where I've, I've actually talked with people who, in all seriousness, have said things to me like, our tandem bicycling cross-country trip brought us closer in our marriage. And I'm like, Uh, because like you buried your first husband in the desert. Like, (laughs) I'm like, no, don't, don't do certain activities that will inherently breed discord. I suppose you're right. The only person I've ever successfully tandem kayaked with was my mother. Yeah. She can't, you can't divorce her. I could try. Like I I would be, been in a tandem kayak with a vari- with a good number of people and it always turns out in one person paddling and the other person going i'm not paddling anymore god damn it yeah that's usually me maybe that's why the only one i've ever done this with is my mother i've because successfully she's the only one who puts up with it i've successfully done not a kayak but a similar two-person paddle situation with my grandmother that worked i think if it was my mother it wouldn't be divorced it would be oh somebody accidentally drowned <laughs> on the way back to the dock. <laughs> Money's on who? Well, I'm I'm definitely all for like an all hands on deck pedaled bullpen mobile <laughs> where they all collectively bike the thingy out to the mound and drop off the one guy <laughs> and then they all pedal back. And you don't know it's suspenseful which one of them it's gonna be because they all have to pedal out. What music would they play? Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, like can you I mean like the the sort of overly foreboding threatening music is really inherent to the bullpen experience like well they could have just like a collection of songs that weren't specific to like the one bullpen guy but that were like bullpen songs that they played while they all pedaled out and then they could just play the one guy's warm-up songs once he starts throwing his warm-up pitches okay so like led zeppelin's greatest hits just for all of them and then okay maybe 
maybe the as they're pedaling, it like powers a speaker to play. Am I song. sorry? I've been stuck on this for a second. I assume the bullpen carts were to get the whole bullpen out to the bullpen in the middle of like the second inning, not when the bullpen gets yeah. pulled out to the mound. No, it's they. It's instead of running, isn't it? They bring them. They bring the the guy who's pitching to the mound. Is that is that really what it is? Don't they, Sydney? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's just getting them out there. I hope it wouldn't be driving them out to the mountain. That can't be good for the field. I don't think it is. Sean Doolittle did an article. It does. It goes on the warning track. Hang on. That's taking them out to the. That would be taking them out because it couldn't stay on the warning track and get to them to the mound. That's no, got to be to get them like by first base and then they run to the mound. That's covering <laughs> not even ninety feet. Why would you need that? <laughs> this is why okay. bullpen carts have been gone for a whole generation because our generation apparently believes a light jog is okay for a professional athlete <laughs> is it about timing is it again like to speed up pace of play maybe oh god i did see it in context of pace of play oh god no my god <laughs> oh my god how is this gonna speed up <laughs> Yeah, oh no, Sean Doolittle, there was an article in the yeah. Players Tribune called Nine Things I'd Like to Ride to the Mound by Sean Doolittle. <laughs> okay, what were the nine things? Because I oh, didn't see Oh, he had the bike idea! Okay. With, the, with, the, with the, all of them. <laughs> okay, so... Um, okay, so the nine things were... Okay, this one's a little bit outdated. Katy Perry's giant lion from that Super Bowl halftime show? Why not Left Shark? <laughs> I don't That's know, so he didn't say Left Shark. Grave Digger, which is apparently a monster truck. Yes. Um, a Surrey bike, which I guess is a bike with a bunch of people. Um, so I guess I didn't come up with that. I'm sorry, I stole it from Sean Doolittle. Um, oh, Marty McFly's hoverboard. Sean Doolittle is in favor of hoverboards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Heelys. Heelys. Um, pro Heelys. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the Whip is apparently a sports car. I don't really know. Um, Falcor the Luck Dragon is a thing from another movie I haven't seen, and I have a lot of people yelling at me about that, so, yes, whatever that we movie is, I'm aware we of. We won't get into it. it. Um, and then, like, a thing that looks like a hamster ball, I oh guess. My God, One of the bouncy things. I would also be in favor of that, especially if people from the other team could release their own, and then you would basically <laughs> just... <laughs> And whichever like, one wins, no, gets like, <laughs> like pinball, not like pachinko. Oh, I think we should give up the idea that that like um, home team, you know, always bats bottom of the inning. Whoever wins that battle gets that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing on the list, by the way, was was the flying bike from ET. Eh, I don't know if I feel that one as much as some of the others. But he is clearly talking about this is being a thing that he takes from the bullpen to the mound. Oh God. Yeah. So I looked it up on, on ESPN and they had somebody who uh, played in the fifties, I guess, um, or in the sixties. And they're like, nobody ran in from the bullpen. Uh, I don't think we could have made it, made it. We all smoked. <laughs> yeah. They all smoked. You were also on amphetamines. <laughs> I suppose that's true. I know that amphetamines help your lung capacity. Some of them I were think... also probably drunk during the games. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you can't drunkenly speed it up, run in, again, not a great distance, maybe you shouldn't be a professional athlete. In this day and age. 
Yeah. Oh, and also, I like realistically, this is going to save ten seconds at most across all the pitchers per game. Yes, but we've already eliminated the four pitch intentional walk, which saved maybe eight. So we have yeah. to look for something bigger now. How many of these improvements do they have to make to reach one? And I'm going to propose as a unit of measurement the the Schur's bow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, you know how people are like started saying units of eleven days or Scaramucci's. Yep. Okay. So, you know, I'm like that's a that's a good sort of saying. Like that is a very short period of time. The Schurzbo is thirty nine seconds. <laughs> so talk about your fastest teams. <laughs> um, and then there's your fastest uh, is it the fastest strikeout on record uh no it's not because yeah. he struck him out uh in 36 seconds last year <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know tebow he, he let him have like a little bit of thinking time to maybe feel like he might hit the ball and then max was like yeah no you're not gonna hit the ball he just he wanted him to feel good about himself build some confidence no and then break it down. Yeah, break it to pieces. Everyone was like, look at this amazing strike. I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, like reigning Cy Young, two-time Cy Young champion, <laughs> or two-time Cy Young winner, and reigning Tim Tebow. Eh, <laughs> that is not a fair matchup. Yeah. Like, did you expect some other outcome here? Like, that's like if Max Scherzer... No, okay, it's still probably slightly better than if Max Scherzer pitched to me. But still... Not no, it's the better. same effect. Um, by the way, <laughs> yeah. we have to stop talking about this because one Scherzo has passed. Okay, yes. Moving <laughs> on from the... We're done on that. But we are talking about the national stuff now. Um, we should keep on... Keep ourselves on topic. Um, <laughs> there hasn't been... <laughs> we talked about camel chlamydia. Yes. But no, we're in national zone now. Um, not, not... Not that... Of the things that we haven't yet covered, there's not much left. Uh, Seth Romero, who, if anyone remembers, was the prospect we signed last year in the draft who went lower than was expected based on his ability because he had outside problems. Um, basically, he took pictures with weed paraphernalia and was and kicked off his a teammate. And punched, oh, I forgot about the punched a teammate part. Punched a teammate and was kicked off of his college team. So he was drafted lower than he should have been. Which, interesting for once, behavioral issues actually affected the player's prospects. But beside the point, he got sent home from spring training. For um, violating curfew repeatedly. Violating curfew. So they've, yeah. clearly got, uh, they've clearly got him on a short leash. Which is probably a good thing. You know, there was yeah. a lot of, of shouting when this broke about what he could have done and frankly i think the fact that all he did was violate curfew was to me kind of a relief yeah yeah i'll take that yeah and you know it's interesting that this has gotten sort of pitched as the nationals really avoid players with off-field issues i'm like one elijah dukes (laughs) that's gonna trump almost everything because he went to prison yeah two I would argue Daniel Murphy has off-field issues. Yep. Yep. Um, but, like, people are like, yeah, we really miss Ian Desmond. I'm like, yeah, Ian Desmond was a really nice, seeming, like, seemingly genuinely nice person. But, like, it's a spectrum between Ian Desmond and Elijah Dukes. <laughs> and I'd say this guy's still probably comfortably on the yeah, not actually that shitty end of the spectrum. I mean, not Ian Desmond. But, but like, 
like breaking curfew is shit that is right. stuff that got you in trouble when you were, I don't know, 15. Yeah. Like, but, don't have a stupid punch fight with your teammate. Yeah. Don't fail a drug test because you smoked weed. Don't take pictures in your uniform because you smoked weed. Yeah. More, I think, I, I, I object to his less his behavior and more his decision-making abilities. Like, um, if, he's good, if he has a problem with authority, that's a different separate issue because you just kind of there's nothing wrong with having a problem with authority but you can't really have that and then also play a professional sport because it doesn't work that way yet another reason that i will never be a professional athlete (laughs) yeah like it's all it's it's great to have a problem with authority but you can't really play a team sport in that case but yeah shocking no one i guess he had behavioral issues but it did send everybody into a bit of a furor for a little while um yeah, I think mostly everyone just kind of went, oh, what do you do? Is it terrible? Oh, he violated curfew repeatedly. Y'all remember when Steven Souza did this, like, also got <laughs> sent home? And the answer is we don't remember that. No, we don't remember it because somehow they kept this completely under wraps at the time. Or maybe just nobody cared about him enough at the time. Was it, what, what year was it, Sydney? Uh, it was when he was a national. Um, they didn't say in the post article, uh, but they said uh basically he decided to as part of uh, like some things happened to him while he was a national that he decided to clean up his act (laughs) um i don't know laura do you want to talk about the other stuff the Sousa stuff or the murphy stuff the Sousa stuff the part well, where his girlfriend cheated on him with another national and allegedly. he was being such a jerk to the rest of the clubhouse that no one felt bad for him? That stuff? That was the thing. That was the thing. That was, that the, was thing. the thing. Here's what I want to know. Where did they get this information from? Like, who's leaking the dirty locker room secrets about <laughs> Steven Suzy <laughs> Jr.? Four years after he left the team, because I was thinking about it, and he he had to, it had to all of this had to have happened in 2014. So that's the only time he was up at spring training and a national, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So it had to have been 2014, because um, he was traded that off season. Anyway, what who who's dredging this all up four years later? Who's got an axe to grind and is leaking secrets? And are maybe there other whoever secrets? was the one who was. Hooking up with his girlfriend wants some recognition. I want to know who it is. Is that bad of me? Does that make me a bad person? Oh, I want to know who it is. Literally everyone wants to know who it is. Oh, Um, we're all just bad people then. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, the Nationals 2014, that was a a good team. And I'm going to be really, really disappointed if it's like Nate McClure. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he was the one who can apparently speak a lot of Spanish. So maybe he has hidden talents? My my main thing on this is because, like, on other teams, you could probably sort of deduce it. But the Nats have a not entirely unearned reputation for being a bunch of old marrieds. Like, oh, old church-going marrieds. Old church-going marrieds. Like, and I'm not saying that people who are married and church-going ain't hypocrites. But <laughs> it does like, sort of lower the the number of possibles. Yeah, it'd be bigger news if it's, like, Steven Seuss's girlfriend allegedly cheated on him with like adam laroche <laughs> oh my god i'm just saying of, of all the old marrieds like all old churchy marrieds yeah he was the poster boy for that um so like 
Yeah, I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, you know, there were some some old churchy marrieds on on the 2014 Nationals. Um, maybe it was Blake Trinan. <laughs> no, but he's all old and churchy and married, even though he's not actually old. Yeah, he's just cute. <laughs> married. Really? Him? I thought he was cute. Yeah, he looks sort of like a smacked fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Tyler Clippard was was on the 2014 Nationals. That's true. Tyler Clippard was on the 2014 Nationals. Okay, I love and adore Tyler Clippard as much as anybody else here, but how do you think he's attractive and not Blake Trinan? Because I have eyes and a heart, I- Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot explain the Tyler Clippard attractiveness. I can't. It just exists. He is objectively unusual looking. <laughs> <laughs> but my brain doesn't care. Um... But I was mostly trying to segue into he is now in the minors for who? The Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. So oh. he is no longer in um, free agent purgatory camp. Um, I know they actually had a name for it, but I just thought of it as purgatory camp. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about the state of the Blue Jays in general, but I can't imagine that he's going to stay in the mud. Like, I can't imagine they don't bring him up. He doesn't make the, the 25 man. Mm-hmm. Right, I can't imagine that. So the the minor league contract is probably just an excuse to pay him way less money. Yeah, or they just don't want to. They haven't made their cuts yeah. yet. Um, yeah. So everyone who's not an everyday player is technically, mm-hmm. I don't know, the contracting versus the the everyday thing is a little gets yeah. a little complicated at this point. It's true. I mean, but. he was not great enough to not make the playoff roster last year. I realize that making yeah. the playoff roster is several steps above making the bigs, but... No, he had a really bad year last year, and I'm not... But I feel like I feel in my heart like he's going to rebound from it. So he may not reach the heights that he had when he was with us, but um, maybe we should have just signed him and then he could get... Maybe the heights were because of us. No, that's not how that works. He's 33. Um, <laughs> still. But yeah, that was a nice little bit of of happy off-season news. Um, I was very excited about that. And then what else do we have? We don't have a huge amount of of other team off-season news, but we do have a couple. uh, Well, I was going to say, speaking of, if Tyler Clippard is 33 is a problem. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. Okay. First of all, he's Ichiro. Yes. He is... Immortal, ageless. Yeah, he, he is basically some sort of magical creature that has deigned to give us his baseball presence as long as he wants to. He wants to play till he's 50. And I'm like, why stop there? Yeah, he could still do it. Although I'm, God, I don't even want to say it. Mm -hmm. I, I do have a sneaking suspicion that as I actually called earlier in the off season, um this is this may well be a precursor to retire with the team that brought you yeah. here. Um uh, yeah, I don't want to I don't want that to be the case. Um I, and I, I I hate the word classy gets thrown around in sports a lot which it barely ever means but I'm like that was decent of the Mariners mm-hmm. to sign him. And he could still be productive for them in a limited role, just the way he was productive for the fish in a limited role. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't consider it, you know, charity by any means. Yeah, I mean, and I'm also sure he's not breaking the payroll bank at this point in the 
Although there's a strike. I only saw this like shortly before we recorded, but there was a striking contrast to him showing up at spring training cramp camp when he started as a Mariner, as opposed to now. <laughs> oh, when he was wearing like some ridiculous oh. ginormous t-shirt and jeans. What year was that? 2001 so early late 90s early 2000s fashions honestly i'm kind of into it (laughs) but he looks real good now um a a fine wine if you will yes exactly um (laughs) he's making two million uh he made two million last year with the mariners or with the marlins um they haven't updated baseball reference with the mariners but he has made in the course of his career a hundred and sixty six million dollars. Jesus Moses. <laughs> and the, um, the, the weirdest thing is by baseball terms, that's like not a lot. I know. Considering baseball money is weird. For, considering he's been doing this for almost for seventeen years now, just yeah. in and just in MLB. Like Oh my yeah. god. There but, are kids who are about to graduate high school who always lived in a world where Ichiro was in MLB. Yeah. Ah, it's a pretty cool world to spend a lot of your childhood in, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Not my whole childhood, obviously. Some of it. Sorry, Sydney, you were going to say something. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, yeah, I was like, that's 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 kind of a nice thing. Like, they, those kids had always had a world with Ichiro playing, playing Major League Baseball. Ugh. All right, and then I guess to to round up our fi- our last little bit of um, where are they now? <laughs> of the <laughs> of the news. aging players yearbook of the, of the various aging players yearbook. I like that. Um, yeah. So Tim Lincecum is a Ranger, ish minor league again, right? Same um. Well, he's kind of trying to be their closer. Interesting. I so they've signed him as a reliever. I actually thought it was a major league contract. Yeah, it's okay. It's a major league contract. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Not not minor with an invite to to camp. No. So huh. I guess whatever they saw at his showcase was was good um, because they've signed him to be a reliever, and he seems to think he has a real shot at becoming their closer. So that's definitely something to watch. I, I mean, know. not that we see the Rangers a lot, but still, I guess I could kind of see it because. Part of his unhittability was his bizarreness of delivery, right? And as a reliever, yeah. nobody gets a chance to adjust to you. Yeah. So it Yeah, I mean, I don't hard. know. I know part of the reason he needed hip surgery was the bizarreness of his delivery. So yeah. I don't have any clue, and I don't think anybody does except the people who are at his showcase, right. what to expect from his delivery now. Well, that'll be exciting to look for. Although, yeah, as you pointed out, we aren't going to see the Rangers at all this year. Um, I could put on a game, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some night on, uh, well, no, because we'll always be watching the Nationals. I'm going to say we can watch the, like, Fox, <laughs> the Fox game on Sundays and just mute <laughs> Joe Buck. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there probably will be a day when the Nats are off and the Rangers are playing. That could be yeah. a day. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just intrigued by this. I mean, I like him. I think a lot of people just really hope he's going to get something good going here and maybe go out in a good way. Yeah. Um, the other thing which is really sad is that his brother died recently. Mm-hmm. And he's actually changing his number. So his brother was also a player. Um, and so Tim Lincecum is changing his number, I believe, from 55 to 44. 
to commemorate his brother, oh. which I, I mean, he was pretty close in age to Tim. So I don't, I didn't see any information about what he died of. It's obviously not my business, but it's always very sad um, to hear something like that. So, you know, we hope his family is coping as well as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, not that I needed another reason to root for him, but it would be nice I'm sure he has hopes for something big sort of in his brother's memory. So it would be nice for that to come true for him. And I, I think just sort of broadly, baseball is better if Tim Linscombe's in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, um, I don't think any of us have really animosity towards the giants. Like, no. but like that was a dynasty and, you know, he was an integral part of it. And to see him drop off that much when mm. he's younger than we are. Uh, younger than some of us are, um, <laughs> is, you know, really, that's, that's sort of, I mean, it's, it's upsetting. He's 33 um, that in a lot of ways. And so, you know, he meant a lot of people. He meant a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, you know, obviously we're, all, I think all sad to hear about his brother, but like sort of at a more macro level as well, like, we all him want him to be well. Yeah, I yeah. I definitely didn't want to see him go out in a way that people didn't even know. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to see just see him like, oh, where did Tim Lincecum go? So I'm glad he's coming back and like, I hope he can leave the game on his terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's here's hoping here's looking for that. Um. I'm trying to also think there's um, there was another member of the Giants during that time. Uh, I think it was Houston. It was Houston Street. It always weirds me out that he pronounces it that way. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what about him? <laughs> that it's pronounced Houston. No, what? I, I that too. I thought no. it was him. I'm looking it up. Who like had a really bad break with baseball oh there's a lot of guys that have had really bad yeah no it wasn't it wasn't houston street it's another it's a, another guy um and i will look that up for for next time um but there was somebody who was on that sort of that era of of giants are you talking about oh god you know romo? who i'm talking about. not romo um no. kane Mm-mm. No, I'm just naming some names here. I don't have any. It well, was, was on the Athletics and not the Giants, and I'm trying to think about that. It was even earlier than that. Sort there of was a pitcher who kind of bounced around a couple California teams, but he was like a big sign guy for the Giants, and then not Barry kind of Zito. Fizzled. Zito, that's who I was thinking of. Okay, Sorry. no, I'm not talking about Barry Zito. Okay. I still can't um, believe Barry Zito's white. What? I had never seen him, and I would just hear about him, and I had this mental image. I don't know why looked like something like David Ortiz. Huh? No. Okay. <laughs> I had absolutely no reason for thinking this. I had no idea what he looked like, but you know how sometimes you just get random mental images when you hear about somebody that you've never seen a picture of. It's like your brain just wants to come up with something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what my brain came up with. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, there was a player who had a really, really bad break with like, yeah. base- like the game of baseball and has basically spoken out and was just like, yeah, F all you. Um, from, I want to say, either the A's in, like, the Barry Zito glory days or the Giants, or possibly was traded from the A's to the Giants. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. 
If anyone knows who that is, please let us know. But I think that kind of, as we keep saying, it's been a shockingly slow offseason. Otani made his uh, debut, and it was largely uneventful. We were going to talk about this a little bit more in depth, but apparently the Dodgers were kind of crybabies about it. Oh, um. yeah. So they had to spend like three whole hours oh. talking to this guy and like convincing him to join their super cool team. And then after they spent like three whole hours trying to convince him to join their super cool team, he didn't join their super cool team. He went to the Angels instead. And that's wicked sad because nobody should have to spend like three whole hours doing something and then not have it like get anything for them. The Royals had to listen to hear to like how porn was bad for probably yeah. like the same period of time. Also, it yeah. just sorry, go ahead. That's all I was gonna say. Yeah, it just kind of also smacks very much of like well, we don't want you in our club anyway. <sighs> yeah, you you didn't want to play for us. Well, you weren't invited. Yeah, it was the it's no a... Otani club. We just You're didn't not allowed you. to sit here for lunch. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I'm sure something will happen as soon as we turn off our recording. But with that, we'll we'll do our semi-regular in the offseason defensive indifference. Uh, shout out to Queer Fancy Stats. Laura has a little bit more on that one. Yeah, so um, as some of you on, on the Twitters may have noticed, um, there was recently an article in OutSports, um, Mar- March 6th, about Daniel Murphy and his homophobia and what's weird about this article is that there really wasn't anything in it so apparently they what nothing new i think you said right so nothing new so apparently he's friends with billy bean which is you know nice for him i suppose and he has been that's not new they we heard about this last year two years ago um that they've struck and stricken whatever that verb is sort of an unlikely friendship um so it was a very odd article, especially coming from OutSports, although they're mm, not always what they would like to be, or what I would like them to be. But so they basically wrote about how he has a gay friend now, so like that's great and equality. I like the way you say that as if like, and I believe you that that's basically the entirety of the article is. They yeah, like, it just he has a friend. It, equality. It, he doesn't. They don't really. Whoever wrote this, I'm assuming it was a guy, just by the tone of it. Although, yep, somebody named Jim. Um. So, yeah, but that's just really it. And it's weird because the headline is like, Daniel Murphy is changing his mind, sort of thing. Like, kind of makes you think in the first sentence or so that he's maybe not a homophobe. And then you read the article, and it just doesn't really say anything. Yeah, it, there's there's no new information. Murphy hasn't said anything new. Bean hasn't said anything illuminating. Just that they have kind of a friendship, and and it's just it's it's disconcerting to me that out sports, which is this publication that's supposed to be about the LGBT community in and around sports, is putting out this article about how yay Daniel Murphy's not a homophobe anymore. When really there's there's just no evidence that that's true, and. Sid Ziegler, who I think is their editor, retweeted it, and I wish I could tell you what the exact tweet was, but I sadly can't because I'm now blocked for, you know, criticizing this article. Um, He said something about, this is why you always talk to people with different views from you, blah, blah, blah. And while that's a very admirable sentiment, and I'm never going to say, you know, that that's bad, sometimes it's bad. And also sometimes it doesn't get you anywhere. And I have 
just no evidence that this got anywhere. Yeah, and and I have to say that sort of position, I'm like, no, there are a lot of people who don't deserve to be explained to why other people have fundamental humanity and basic rights. Right. And that's sort of where my sometimes it is bad comes in. I'm sure many people have tried to explain to Daniel Murphy over the years that people who are not like him do, in fact, deserve to have basic humanity. And, you know, there are some interesting conversations to be had about whether Daniel Murphy really knows anybody in the LGBT community well. However, I don't think he's really put much effort into seeking anybody out and it's just the whole thing feels kind of delegitimizing there are people who are still upset and critical of this whole murphy being a homophobe scenario do you think it was actually like targeted at that or do you think it was just a good idea that they thought they had and they picked entirely the wrong person to use as evidence for. I think they needed an article and baseball season is starting. <laughs> I I honestly don't think that there was an agenda here until people started pushing back. And that was when they started painting this little rosy picture about talking to people being good. Um, I really don't think the article... like. Like I've said like six times, it just doesn't really say anything. Yeah, I mean, I think there's an article to be had there who you would use as an example. I don't know right off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's got to be somebody better to make that point rather than somebody that we haven't. Or if there was actually somebody out there who was like, yeah, Daniel Murphy listened and learned a lesson. Like, Right. There's just there's yeah. nothing here. That's what's yeah. disconcerting about it is that there's nothing here. And then once people started saying that that was when this response started coming out and there's also i mean there is a certain amount of criticism to be had of the cisgender white men who happen to be gay and think that that means that they're allowed to speak for everybody else in the community and that they understand anything at all really ever sorry i'm you know, getting carried away on that. But I think that there's an interesting dichotomy between some of the people who write for Outsports um, and the, the people, people who... <laughs> well, and the people who try to try to constructively criticize Outsports. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of LGBT women and non-binary people and transgender people and people of color who, and people who are several of those things or all of those things um, who criticize these types of publications and then the cisgender white male gaze, so to speak, shut down those usually correct criticisms of their publication. Well, um, and notably, they were like, it's really important to engage with people who have different viewpoints for you, but you're blocked. Right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Sid Ziegler, for, for blocking my viewpoint on your tweet about viewpoints. So, like, I think it's important to, if Outsports, much like you can play and hockey wants to position itself as like we will have those conversations so that you are spared the emotional energy and investment in explaining that like i is i I am people these are people please do not vote against our our rights but like at the same time the way in which they do that is not perfect and the fact that they think it's more important to talk to daniel murphy and try to persuade him to have basic humanity i guess and then you're like well maybe maybe you want to do that in a slightly different way that's what gets shut down right 
Yeah. And it's Daniel because... Murphy's opinion on LGBT stuff is actually more yeah. uh, valid than mine, apparently. Somebody, and I'm trying to find who so I can credit them. I'll have to do so after the fact because I'm not finding it quickly enough. Um, but somebody on Twitter's response to all of this was that now Daniel Murphy, 10 years from now, having not said a single thing in the interim, is suddenly going to be announced so you can play Ambassador. Mm-hmm. Oh, ugh. I guess all this did was remind us that nothing has changed. Daniel Murphy still exists, and we should keep on donating to charities because of Daniel Murphy. Right. So, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the take-home message is people on Twitter got, you know, shouty, but fundamentally... Nothing is different. Queer Fancy Stats is still happening. The first charity of the season will be Casa Ruby. And we will continue to offer our Defensive Indifference segment at the end of every episode in order to keep people up to date on what the donation totals are in honor of Daniel Murphy's offensive statistics this season and moving forward for so long as our wonderful Queer Fancy Stats overlord, Jen Rubenstein, (laughs) deems necessary. (laughs) Um, And we should probably ask Jen if she has a plan if Murphy's not playing because of the knee thing. Oh, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Just because I'm like, well, you know, can can we do it? I don't know, for days on the DL or something that that would get to at least a, a, a donation enough. I'm also sure we could, I'm sure we could find somebody else in the wide, wide world of baseball if we need to have a substitute. <laughs> a pinch runner, if you will. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, we'll talk to Jen and, and see what's going on there. Um with that, I think we're I think we're wrapped up for once. Mm-hmm. A nice little bow. Um if you want more of our content, check out our website, restingpitchface.com. It doesn't have a lot more content, but it does have more content, including links to our Zazzle store, links to our Twitter. You can also go directly to our Twitter, resting pitch face with no G. Email us comments, questions, concerns, uh, pinch running opportunities. No. Things to smear on Dan Colco. He's got a radio show now, guys. We've got some (laughs) opportunities. Oh, dear Lord. It should have sound effects. Whatever you want to say to us, give us a holler in one of our many forms of communication. And uh, until next time, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confuse batters at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the aid. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolate sauce to celebrate.